0: I'm on, I only gonna do it the only way I know how, y'all. Oh!
1: That was tragic. Let's try it again. Let's do it this way. Welcome to the Walder Sportscast with your host, Chris Walder. Welcome, everyone,
0: to episode three of the Walder Sports Cast. I, of course, am Chris Walder. You can reach out to me on both Twitter and Instagram at Walder Sports. On this episode, I'll be joined by a good friend of mine, Will Segeer who I previously worked with in downtown Toronto for the SCORE mobile app. Uh, the two of us were a part of the NBA news team for a few years together, so you better believe we're going to be talking some basketball, our time with the company. Uh, he's also a big Miami Heat fan, bless his heart, so we'll also be talking about the season that was in South Beach and how it could potentially end up, since currently the status of the 2019-20 campaign remains in flux. Due to the ongoing COVID 19 pandemic. But before we get started, just a friendly reminder to check out my last episode. I had Jason Lung and Jay Rosales from the That's a Rat podcast over at SB Nation's Raptors HQ. Uh, They joined me to take part in a worst Toronto Raptors of all time draft. We took the fan base back to a truly dark period when guys like Rafael Ruggio and Andrea Bargnani were relevant. So it was a lot of fun. Please check that out if you haven't already. Give us a review if you can. But with that final plug, after this quick break, my pal Will Sagir will be joining me. So keep it locked. Joining me now is Will Segear, a former NBA news editor for the Score mobile app and the unofficial president of the Ronnie Cycli fan club. Will, my friend, thanks for coming on today.
1: It's not a problem. I love the shout-out. <laughs> Are you,
0: in fact, the Ronnie Cycli fan club president? Or is it is it Dwayne Wade? Is it another member of the Miami
1: Heat? Who's your, who's your number one Heat guy that you're repping these days? No matter what, I'm always going to roll with Alonzo Warning. But being that my background is Lebanese it's very very easy to love Roni Cycli unfortunately he was before my time <laughs> like I was I was born in 89 he was drafted in 89 so I didn't get a chance to really grow up on him by the time I became a huge heat fan which was around 96 he was gone which I wish I had a chance to appreciate the greatness that is the former most improved player of the NBA Roni Cycli DJ Rony Cycli that is just a FYI is he still a DJ these days I think so. I think I from what I know he's still doing shows in Europe, but I could be wrong.
0: Geez, Ronnie Cycley. Shout, shout out to Ronnie Cycley. I was I was thinking you were
1: gonna go with Dwayne Wade there. Oh, Zoe's my guy, man. Zoe's my number one. He's the reason I'm a Heat fan.
0: Above well, anything else.
1: <laughs> I'm a Toronto Raptors guy,
0: so I almost have to shun you for being such a strong Alonzo Morning supporter. We we all know how that Vince Carter trade went back you in the day. you don't
1: understand how happy I am that it went that way because I'm telling you now without Alonzo morning coming back to the heat, that 2006 championship doesn't happen that game six. That's not a win for us. Alonzo morning played a crucial role post kidney surgery for, uh, for the heat. And he was such a crucial member for that franchise. He's, he's the heart and soul of the organization and what it became. Um, he's so important and valuable to everything that is Miami heat culture Uh, He is the ideal Pat Riley figure that you'd need on an organization to really build that type of culture. You know, there was the guy, there was the PJ Browns, the Tim Hardaways. There is so many great players that played for that organization, but Alonzo Warning was the guy that started it all off. And, you know, obviously Dwayne Wade coming into that organization was the most important thing to happen because he's the reason you get that 2006 championship right? above all else. Like he's, he is the face of the organization. Um, He's the reason that LeBron and Chris Bosh came to the organization. And honestly, he's the reason that Jimmy Butler came to the organization. So he's kept us afloat for two decades now, but it all started with Alonzo warning, baby.
0: Well, I feel like Alonzo Morning's name is probably going to come up later on in this podcast. And first of all, let me just say, because I rem- it's kind of funny, I remember when you and I worked together at The Score that you and I kind of briefly discussed doing a podcast together. It's it's something that we never pitched yeah. to a supervisor, yeah. but it's really cool that you and I can kind of like sit down and do this because that was an idea we had thrown oh, around back sure. in the day.
1: For sure. Definitely, man. It's always, it, we always had great conversations as well could always go in depth about different things whether it's unique things anything basketball related me and you could go on for days so it's awesome that we're doing this right now
0: so you kind of took like an unconventional path to getting your job when you were at the score because the best to the best of my recollection you didn't come from much of a writing background
1: correct you hadn't written for any blogs or sites i wrote for one i wrote for um this canadian mixed martial arts website I was doing um, UFC previews and Bellator previews for them and I was doing some play-by-play and I was going to uh, I went to a couple events um, so that was pretty much the extent of it but because I didn't have a journalism background it was something I always wanted to get into but I didn't go to school for it so it was tough to find my way in. Um, I got kind of lucky with the score getting my way in there um, and just being able to prove that I'm extremely knowledgeable in, in the sport and i I have the confidence that I am. I hope that people view me that way as well. Um, I had a good interview. It went well for me. And I ended up landing a spot and meeting some awesome people. So can't complain about that.
0: So what was your interview like then? Because I remember being told that you came at our boss with like some sort of analytics or number crunching. Like you really
1: impressed him with your knowledge in that regard. When I, so I initially spoke to, uh darren and cash and they were the ones that interviewed me uh shouts to joe casharo yes the guy man uh yeah. came up with a great article today that well, we could discuss later maybe but um yeah so i had a nice conversation with them during my interview and they like cash i remember tried to like really hammer me down and try to try to see if i actually wasn't out there trying to bs him you know and um he asked me if some complex questions and trying to get my understanding about uh, the depth of my knowledge and I guess I just I proved that I was able to discuss things analytically, discuss things using the eye test, um, essentially just breaking down basketball man and it's something that I'd always loved to do and it's always been a passion of mine whether it's a career path for mine of, of mine or, or not it's just it's what I want to do it's what I always wanted to do right so it was cool to be able to do that. Um, I've obviously set it aside for now. I've, I've taken a bit of a different career path, um, cause sometimes money is more important. <laughs> yeah. So I had to do what I had to do. And unfortunately I had to leave the score eventually, but so I had that, I, I didn't want to leave behind some of the guys, but for myself, for my, uh, for my future, I felt like it was the right decision.
0: Was being in the industry in that role kind of what you expected, because I ask you this because. You and I have had conversations about the job and yeah. what it evolved into over time. but yeah. what do you
1: remember most about your time there at the score? It was it wasn't like I was expecting. Um, it, it had its fun moments it had its positives. Uh, but the organization itself was a little disorganized um, mm-hmm. unfortunately, right but uh, I just I always found that they were trying to figure themselves out. And they just never could. Um, and I think it's it's just not a job for somebody that's looking to move forward in the industry. It's You're not going to pursue anything greater within the organization. That's the one thing that you have to keep in mind. And my mindset was always go into somewhere where you can grow. And I just never felt like I could grow there. If you were a news editor, you got to prepare to be a news editor for the long term. And unfortunately, there was no opportunities for me to grow into anything else. And especially being so green in the industry, I essentially stood no chance. So Mm. I had to uh, step away from it.
0: And the, again, the last thing that like you and I having like talking about the score and our time there, we're not trying to put the company down per se. Like you and I both have a lot of friends who still work there and we want Definitely. that place to succeed and we want Definitely. everyone to make money. And for there to be opportunities for up and coming writers and media personalities and kids coming out of college to get into the sports writing industry. But I think you and I can both agree that there were certainly a lot of talented writers there that are still there to this day. And I don't think that they were being used to their fullest potential. Would you agree with that?
1: I completely agree with that. And um, a lot of great guys came out of the score that ended up having great careers elsewhere. Um, you know, Will Lou, for instance, is doing awesome things with Yahoo. He's absolutely terrific. I personally don't know a better basketball mind than Will Lou. That's my personal opinion. I've never met one physically. <laughs> like <laughs> he's, a, he's a brilliant guy. He knows what he's talking about. And I'm happy he's doing strictly Raptors work, but he's got the type of mind that I personally think could be doing everything NBA. And I loved reading his work when he was with us, and I enjoy reading him to this day, despite not being a big Raptors guy. I'll always read Will Lou because he knows exactly what he's talking about. I trust his views. Um, they had a lot of other great guys. Um, Blake, Blake Murphy, for instance, was at the score. And I mean, he's doing great things with the athletic now. So you see a lot of guys come in and out, uh, the issue is that you're not always going to be able to grow within, you know, so cash, for example, was able to, cause he's been with the organization for so long and he's so talented. He's found a great, um, uh, great gig with him, uh, with the, uh, with the score as a, as a feature writer and he's doing great things. As I said, yes, he wrote a piece on the, on the, uh, Steve Nash sons, a three part piece, very long read. Every bit of it was worth it. Uh, There's a lot of great writers that work there to this day that just, I feel, could probably get a little more of a push. Um, And hopefully, sooner rather than later, they'll get that opportunity because some of these guys deserve big things.
0: And I, I always bring up the example of Joe Wolfon, who I think, personally, in my opinion, I think he's the best sports writer, if not like one of the best sports writers on the planet, who no one has necessarily heard of. And I'm not saying that as a slight against him. I just think that he should be in a much bigger platform. And I think the world should be exposed to who he is as a writer. He's doing really good things with the podcast, the Pound the Rock podcast with our boy Cash. Everyone should go give them a listen, of course. But again, I I see someone of his status, of, of his writing ability, and I'm just like, man, what he could be accomplishing under such a, a more massive platform. And again, I'm, I'm not trying to slight the score in any way, but again, like the guys that we've been working with over the last couple of years and that are still there, again, we wish the best for them. We hope that everyone can kind of succeed. And uh, yeah, it's, again, you and I have had plenty of conversations. There's some things we don't want to get too personal or anything about the company. But again, you and I can certainly agree that we wish everyone at the score all the best. Of course,
1: of course. We'll fund is one example where, he's the type of guy you just you give him the keys to say and do whatever he wants and you just let him do it because he's that brilliant he's absolutely spectacular as a writer you you will not find a writer more eloquent more intelligent than joe wolf on in his background and intelligence when it comes to the sport in both basketball and in tennis actually he's absolutely brilliant and he he should get a push to do so much more he's absolutely brilliant. he's doing a lot more now of course right him being in that feature role but he should be able to do whatever he wants. He's an absolute genius. <laughs> I'm not even <laughs> hesitating to say that. Wolf knows. I have nothing but love for him, and he knows. I've told him this before. I think he's absolutely brilliant. And uh, yeah, man, it's just it's more. It's become more of a job for. Um, if you're coming out of university, you know you need that. You need that first gig to get your foot in the door. It's terrific for you. It's a perfect opportunity if you have a chance to get into it. But if you were looking to develop into something greater, it, it does get a little difficult. And I felt like me being so new to the industry, I really didn't stand a chance going up against so many other people that are so talented. Um, cause it was hard for me to get myself seen. I, I, I got this job with like 80 Twitter followers, you know, and most of them were my right. friends, you know, and to <laughs> this day I would have like 300 barely have anybody, you know? So, mm-hmm. um, it's hard to get your name out there and it's hard to, it's, it is hard to be a good writer. You know, it's, it's something that takes a lot of patience and talent. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's tough to say what the direction is sometimes. I mean, I haven't been there in months now, but I I wish nothing but the best for the organization, especially for the, the people that work there. And
0: it's such a saturated feel too, right? Like every sports fan out there probably thinks that they could be a sports writer or be like an analyst that you see on TV, like a Stephen A. Smith or a Skip Bayless. But there's so much more to it. And of course, I'm no longer with the company. And that's why I'm doing this podcast, the Walder Sportscast. It's something new. It's something where I can be more creative and kind of just put everything into my own hat, like show my ideas, show my creativity, and we'll see what comes of it. I obviously wasn't going to get something like this uh under that umbrella but hey everything happens for a reason the way you left the score was a hell of a lot different than i left the score so we'll just leave it at that <laughs> you're not wrong about
1: that, yeah
0: don't, i'm not gonna go in more in depth than that in case anybody's listening but you know. i guess we'll
1: just leave it there for now right yeah exactly but
0: the one thing that we can uh you know we're, we're both basketball guys and in your profile in your twitter profile you call yourself a miami heat stan can you please explain to me what led to you rooting for this team? Like, did it begin? Obviously, it didn't begin with Dwayne Wade and, like, the Heatles era. You go back to, like, the Alonzo morning days, I assume. Like, that's when your love and passion first began.
1: I was around six or seven years old. Is at 96 or 97. And I remember watching the Heat versus the Knicks in the playoffs. And I remember the, the intensity of those series. Miami used to get their butts kicked. So you would think I would go ahead and be a Knicks fan, but... Alonzo Warning was my guy. Watching him play, I had like an obsession with the way this dude played and the way this dude flexed. And he was just the toughest guy out there no matter what. No matter what the situation, he was always the toughest guy on the floor. And I was I was a guard growing up, but I had a passion for blocking shots, no matter what. I did not care where I was on the floor. I was running up everywhere trying to get blocks. I would I fouled so much as a guard it made no sound. <laughs> I, there were a lot of moments where I've been yelled at as a child because I just wanted to block shots because I wanted to be like Alonzo Mourning. And I grew up on that team, you know. I grew up watching Jamal Mashburn. I grew up watching Vashawn Leonard, you know. Um, and I just I loved I loved the late '90s Heat so much, and I just felt like they had such a chance to win something big. And they never could get over the hump. And it broke my heart every year. But I just stuck to it. And I remember when Alonzo Morning left to the Nets and I shed a tear. I was extremely emotional. But I understood he hadn't, I believe he hadn't played the previous season uh, because of his kidney disease. And um I told myself I'm a Nets fan now. I was convinced. I was like, I'm gonna be a Nets fan now. And that really? season started. Yeah, I was convinced. I was like, I'm following Alonzo wherever he goes. And that season started, and I started watching, and right away I started watching the Heat again. And I was like, I can't, I can't leave this team. This is my squad. And I, it's just, I've never been able. I watched that team win fifteen games in two thousand seven. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I watched Chris Quinn start at point guard. I watched some. I, I, you know, as a Raptors fan, you've you've seen much worse seasons than I have. But oh, don't
0: get me started.
1: But as a guy that had to, I watched them win a championship two years prior to them winning 15 games. I stuck with, like, that's just, that's the organization I'll obviously at this point always be obsessed with, always be a fan of. Um, I have about seven or eight heat jerseys and I'm not even a big jersey wearer, but I own five hats. All of them are heat hats. It's just, it's the only team I'll willingly rep. (laughs) (laughs) That's my squad, man.
0: So what, you must have been on cloud nine when LeBron James announced that he was going to join the Heat, correct?
1: You know what's hilarious? I wasn't happy. What? Yeah,
0: I wasn't happy initially. The only Heat fan at that
1: time that would have been like, LeBron James to my team? Get out of here. I I was a LeBron hater because I wanted that to be Dwayne Wade's team. And when Chris Bosh signed, I loved Chris Bosh. To this day, Chris Bosh is one of my five or six favorite players of all time. So when he signed... With the Heat, when he when him and Dwayne Wade went on ESPN and they announced at the same time that they were joining Miami, I was going crazy, man. I was going nuts. And then LeBron said Miami, and I was like, you know what's you know what's weird is my in, my immediate instinct was great. The worst fans ever are going to come and be Heat fans. I was yeah. not wrong. <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> I that right now. You hit the nail on the head there. Yeah, and, and it sucked because I still remember telling people that I was a Heat fan for a good. 2 3 years, championship or not, and people saying, "Oh, why? Cuz LeBron is there." And as a passionate fan of this franchise that stuck with them through all the garbage, that hurt, man. That <laughs> crushed me to oh, my, my very soul cuz I I watched this team through everything essentially, you know. They became a franchise 8 years before I was born. So I didn't know anything. Like I I didn't know anything else, you know. It was essentially I loved Jordan as a child. And then as soon as I loved the Heat, that was it. I'd never looked back. That was the only other other team that I loved. And uh, yeah, man. So it was weird for me because I knew how many weird fans I was about to have to pretend like I was a big fan of the same team as us. And it was just, I don't know. When people would tell me they were Heat fans, I'd I'd feel offended. Like, no, you're not, man. Don't lie to me. You You weren't there for the dark days. I was there for everything, man. I watched that first championship and went, I went crazy. I don't know. How, can I swear? Uh, sure. We'll bleep it out. <laughs> we'll bleep it out. I went absolutely ape shit in two thousand six. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I went nuts. Um, that franchise is is an absolute passion for me. You know, and no exaggeration, I love basketball so much. I love it, love it, love it. But Miami Heat basketball is on a different level for me.
0: And you were also there for was it Dwayne Wade's re- retirement
1: ceremony or like a Jersey retirement? I forget what it was. It was, it was his Jersey retirement. So, um, in 2000, 2019. So last year, last March, um, Chris Bosh announced that he was, re- he was getting his, or he'd announced that Chris Bosh is getting his Jersey uh, retired. So I told my fiance, I was like, let's go. Well, she wasn't my fiance at the time, I should say I actually proposed the day before, In Miami so of course that city is all of a sudden a much bigger deal to me (laughs) Um, so we went and we watched Chris Bosh's retirement ceremony and his speech was absolutely amazing made me a little teary eyed like I I, again love Chris Bosh the guy's freaking awesome Um, so after that I was like man it'll suck because we're probably not going to come for Dwayne Wade's retirement it's going to be next year like we're not going to come two years in a row Right. she looked me dead in the eye she's like there is no way that we don't go to this There's absolutely no way that we won't go to this. And I'm telling you right now, that's why I'm happy to be marrying this woman. (laughs) I was about to say, that's one of the main reasons why you're glad you put a ring on that. (laughs) I am very, very fortunate. So yeah, man, this, the day that they announced that Dwayne away's Jersey retirement was on February 22nd. Um, we bought tickets right away, plane tickets, hotel tickets, there's hotel. We've got a hotel room, uh, uh, game tickets to watch them play the freaking Cavs of all teams. Uh, it was like a 30-point blowout. They absolutely spanked them, but it was worth every penny. And we went to watch his documentary the next day as well at the uh, at American Airlines Arena. And it was cool because they had, they had brought the actual jersey down to take pictures with, and it was just – I was like a kid in a candy store, man. It was super cool to be around uh, a lot of Heat fans, which is very rare for me, obviously. Um, It was just an environment that I felt comfortable in. It was super cool to see it. And of course, like being able to watch one of my favorite players of all time get his jersey retired and listen to his emotional speech. It's just an amazing experience.
0: No, I'm really glad you got a chance to do that because, again, I know how much of a Heat fan you are. And to see that for Dwayne Wade, like pretty much
1: uh, unarguably the greatest Heat player of all time. No doubt. No doubt. It's wait until Kyle Lowry gets his jersey retired. That's how you're going to be feeling.
0: I'm going to be weeping.
1: Yeah. Openly yeah, that's weeping. how you'll be feeling
0: It's going to be an emotional night But hopefully 100%. that doesn't happen for another 10, 20, 30 years Because he's just going to play forever <laughs> That guy doesn't well, give up As long as there's no, offensive no. fouls to be drawn He will still he'll, play
1: He'll find a use on the court I, I One can only hope
0: anyway And also congratulations <laughs> I mean, I've told you this before But congratulations on getting, in, in getting engaged Appreciate it, brother uh, Will I be uh, marrying the two
1: of you Or can I at least be the flower boy? <laughs> <laughs> we already have everything booked i'm sorry well that's yeah. a bar at this point here's the thing that sucks is i don't even know if it's going to work out i don't, we might have to cancel it all right, right? All this, yeah. yeah little this did we, little
0: going. did i remember that there's a yeah, pandemic man. going on right now
1: uh, we're, we're still figuring that up uh all that stuff out right because uh our wedding's in october and yes i don't know man there's no guarantee that we'll be able to do it so we still got a lot of stuff to figure out We'll keep. We'll give you the heads up. Don't worry. Thank I'll you, keep, sir. Please keep, keep me posted. posted. <laughs> of course. Not I don't a have a lot
0: going on right now, my man. I got
1: you, man. Don't worry. I got
0: you. I'm waiting by my email <laughs> on pins and needles. <laughs> um, but continuing on with the Miami Heat here, like this season, they were pretty much like a middle of the pack team in the Eastern Conference, but like one that... Really scared me as like a potential matchup for the Toronto the Toronto Raptors. Like the Heat won both games this year, including in overtime back in December. So when like when the season ended, they were seated fourth in the Eastern Conference. They had a record of forty one and twenty four. Is that kind of like where you envision them being, or did they perhaps even exceed your own expectations?
1: I had them a lot higher than a lot of people. Okay, I I remember their over under was forty three and a half, from what I remember, and I laughed at that. Because they won 39 games last year with a bunch of injuries and a much worse team. And they had no shooting last year. They had to deal with, you know, white side's antics, him crying on the bench. Uh, and all things considered, like, they just, they weren't very deep last year. They weren't very talented. Um, but they were tough. So they managed to almost get into the playoffs, but almost obviously isn't good enough. But you add a guy like Jimmy Butler, and that's all you really need, you know? get a guy like jimmy butler all of a sudden you're a playoff team no matter what so if we're talking about 43 and a half wins if they're able to get 44 i know it was 46 i believe two years ago mm-hmm. without jimmy butler why wouldn't they be able to get 46 with jimmy butler right so my logic was they should be at least a 48 win team and obviously it's looked good you know up until the pandemic but honestly they they somewhat surpassed my expectations for the first i would say two two and a half months of the season and then i just they just didn't look good from january and february um losing to a lot of bad teams like miami could have 50 wins right now but i mean you could say that about a lot of teams but just watching them lose games to um teams like atlanta watching them lose games to teams like charlotte like they're blowing leads left and right it's just a rough couple months of the season last couple months but when they play against these elite teams you know they have two wins over the over the Raptors they have uh three wins I believe over the Sixers like that's unreal yes, you know because they yeah. got the, the first time they played the Sixers this year they got blown out they got absolutely devoured and then the last time they played the Sixers they absolutely dominated that game um and then they have two wins over the Bucks. you know so we're talking about three of the five best teams in the east uh throwing the Pacers they have two wins over the Pacers four of the four of the six best teams in the east um and you know take away miami i guess four of the five best teams in the east and then boston gave us trouble because they just match up better than a, better than uh, the other teams i guess but uh yeah miami could have made a lot of noise in the playoffs as long as they were able to get <laughs> one win on the road that's all they needed because they, <laughs> they were atrocious on the road but they're one of the best home teams in the league right right uh, but they they looked for the most part this season especially against top competition absolutely outstanding and i was very happy watching the play um, Jimmy Butler wasn't even having a great season. His numbers look good, but his shooting just dropped off so much, but it just shows how great of a player he is that the team overall could play so much better because of just having a guy like that on the, on the, uh, on the roster. Right. Right. Uh, Bring in guys like, you know, given uh Duncan Robinson, the actual contract, as opposed to a G league deal, all of a sudden he's probably the best shooter in the NBA right now. That's not named Steph Curry or Clay Thompson. Uh you have guys like Derek Jones Jr. who did nothing in Phoenix, all of a sudden becoming becoming this like elite defender. Uh he's shutting down point guards, you know, he's, he's super versatile and he's figuring it out on offense. Uh you have guys like Kendrick Nunn coming out of nowhere, becoming a starting point guard for a for a playoff team, and you know, obviously you haven't even begun to we got to talk about Bam Adebayo. You know, one of the best young players in the NBA. You, you freaking, he's an All Star now. He's future superstar. I'm so high on this kid. He's just unbelievable. Does everything on defense. Can do so much on offense. He can run an offense as a six, a six ten big man, and he's probably the secondary playmaker on that starting lineup, which is crazy. You know, it's after Jimmy Butler. It's give, give the ball to Bam and let him, let him create some offense for somebody else you don't see that very often right so it's been a lot of fun watching the development of some of these guys and i i would love it if the season started again so i could see them play in the playoffs and see what happens obviously there's no guarantee that east is tough but it'd be a lot of fun
0: pretty much explained one of your last tweets because I was going through your Twitter and I noticed that you were crapping on a a trade suggestion from Bleacher Report, which seems to be like the fun thing to do these days, especially for Raptors Twitter because I've seen some (laughs) doozies on there with Kyle Lowry. It is bad. Um, Oh man, it is bad. (laughs) But, but one of their recent ideas, which you uh, just detested from the get-go, was the idea of moving Bradley Beal for Bam Adebayo, Tyler Hero, and Andre Iguodala. So you're obviously against this. Tell me again oh. why that's a bad idea for the Heat.
1: Listen, I love Bradley Beal. I would trade so much for that guy. I, I, you put him next to Jimmy Butler, that's a great tandem. But you're not going anywhere without Bam. Bam has been an Jimmy Butler has been the most important player on the team, no doubt. Bam Adebayo has been the best player on the Miami Heat this year. Okay, He has been so, so good. And he's 22 years old, already an all-star. That kid has legitimate superstar potential, and you cannot take away somebody that's going to defend that way, that's going to defend five positions. Have you? Did you watch him? Did you get a chance to watch him play against Giannis this year? I did chance? not know. It was... Think about the way Kawhi defended him. There were similarities. Oh, the I dream about the way that Kawhi Leonard yeah, defended I know. Giannis. I know you do. The <laughs> way he, the way he's able to swarm Giannis, the way that you know the the best player in the NBA right now, arguably the best player in the NBA is Giannis. The way that he's able to shut him down, just not let him go anywhere, not let him get to the rim, and the way he cuts off the baseline, just it's absolutely brilliant. Just the, his his. IQ is insane, and he just so he showed so much intensity this year, and so show much uh, so much improvement and so much potential. And I can keep going and going and going about this guy. Like I have a passion about Bam Adebayo. He's gonna be one of my favorite players ever. He's already up there. I freaking love this kid. And <laughs> I love Bradley Beal, but like, come on, he's not. He's not gonna put you over the edge if you don't have a guy like Bam Adebayo on the team. You need a guy that's gonna be that skillful defensively. And offensively, he's an elite two way player already. And the best, we haven't even seen the best of him yet. Um, if we could find a way to get Bam and Jimmy and Bradley Beal, go for it. I will be so happy about that. I will cry of tears of joy because <laughs> Miami is instantly a title contender. Um, Miami has a legitimate shot of winning it all if they have a guy like Bradley Beal dropping 25 a night because that's all they need. That's it. If you can keep. If you can keep Duncan Robinson uh, in a deal and get rid of, like, I, I like Tyler Hero, but if you can get rid of Tyler Hero, you want to get rid of Iguodala, go for it. I'm not stopping you, you know? Yeah. Uh, but if you can find a way to make that deal, you you go all in. And hopefully Miami have some picks coming up to to add to a deal, but we'll see what happens.
0: And no one is going to confuse Bradley Beal for an elite two way player. Like that's never going to happen.
1: No, 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 no. You get that with Bam
0: at a bio easily.
1: Definitely. He's a great, one thing that I hate is I understand how important shooting is today. Shooting is very, very valuable. We know what today's NBA is like, but the criticism of people saying Bam doesn't shoot, it doesn't matter. He, he has the potential to do it. He's shown potential, but don't worry about that, all right? Like, this kid can do almost everything else on the yeah. court, and he hasn't even, you know, reached his full potential. is not even close to it. He's so talented. Uh, Bradley Beal is one of the best offensive players in basketball right now, and he can create his own shot. He can, he can have shots created for him. You know, he can, he can play off of somebody else. He's super talented. Um, and I think he could be a good defender with the right pieces around him. But if you're going to make him do what he's doing in Washington, he's an absolutely atrocious defender. So what we're watching from him right now is very impressive on the offensive end, but that Washington team is rough and I know what they're looking for, for Bradley Beal. They're hoping to get another all-star in return. I just, I'm sure they can. I just don't know which all-star that's going to be. Um, but hopefully Miami could find a way to get into those sweepstakes and snag him because that team would be unstoppable.
0: And I'm not suggesting that Bradley Beal is an overrated scorer, but when you're putting up massive offensive numbers on a Washington Wizards roster that looks like that... Like, okay, the height the may be too much at that point because, you again, if you put him in the Miami Heat system, maybe that'll motivate him more so to be a defender. I of just course. personally think that he's not going to be that great on the defensive end no matter what. But again, you're putting up 30 points on Washington. Like, can you name the two or three other scores on that team that can give you 10 to 15 points consistently? Because I can't.
1: It's, it's a bad roster. It is, no doubt. they They did not they essentially are waiting for John Wall to come back. That's what it seems like at least because they don't have anybody else on that team that could really score for you. Uh, they have a couple of nice like, half-decent young pieces. Uh, I, I'm a big Davis Bertans guy. I think he's absolutely terrific, one of the best shooters in basketball. But if that's your second best scorer, obviously that's not ideal. Yeah, you're in trouble. Uh, yeah, he's not he's not creating shots for himself, right? You need a second guy that could really get you points by himself and if you have one guy on the team doing it and at least he's doing it relatively efficiently especially for a guy that's doing it by himself like at the end of the day Bradley Beal is shooting the ball really really well this year for how much volume he's shooting at right like <laughs> yeah. he's trying to do everything on that team he's taking like 23 24 shots a game I think he's shooting like in the mid 40s and he's shooting like the mid 30s from 3 like he's having a really good year but it's hard when you're doing it on your own Right. It's similar to Trey Young, right? Trey Young's numbers would be a lot more efficient if he had a better roster around him. He wouldn't score as much. But the big difference is Bradley Beal, you can find a way to hide him on defense. You can essentially it's almost impossible to hide Trey Young. That's one difference. He's probably the worst defender in the NBA right now, unfortunately. Right. But um, you put Bradley Beal on a team like Miami, he's he's going to figure it out defensively. I wouldn't be too worried about that.
0: Would you, so you're not trading Bam Adebayo seemingly under any circumstances, but would you trade Tyler Hero just for his latest haircut alone?
1: <laughs> um, I would, I hope I never see that haircut again personally, but <laughs> I mean, I, I live I live by to each their own. I wasn't mad at the haircut, but it wasn't like looking at it like, man, I need that. Not that I could grow hair anymore. I am officially bald, so, um, uh, yeah, I wouldn't uh, – I'd, I'd rather not see him play like that. <laughs> I should I have prefaced this by saying that
0: you and I are no experts in the world of hair. <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh, just, I was at one <laughs> point. I was at one at point. At one point, was, yeah. But yeah, now we're at a certain days, stage in our those, life. It's not happening. Yeah. Those days are long gone for me, man.
0: <laughs> actually, you'd be surprised. I actually started – I grew my hair out.
1: Yeah, I've seen some pictures. I was kind of impressed. I'm not used to seeing you that way, man. I just, I
0: just wanted to show the world that it was possible because I remember every time at the office, there was guys yeah. that were bald or like just yeah. shaved their head entirely. And they were like, yeah, Chris, he, he comes in, he has no hair. Like that just must be the struggle that he has. Yeah, but yeah. no, lo and behold, I just, it was a habit of mine that I did for 15 plus years. I just didn't like washing washing it. I didn't like dealing with it. But now, you know, I got a, a kick in the butt from some people in my life who said, you should grow it up just to see what it looks like <laughs> and here I am. The only issue though is that I've kind of got like a nick nurse look going on where there's a lot of hair everywhere except for like that one spot at the back of your head.
1: <laughs> and I'm looking for a solution. Listen, man, nick nurse? It's a handsome guy, man. You could do much worse. He's a cool dude. I've seen him <laughs> rock out on the guitar. He's he's as cool as it gets, man. It's not a it's not a bad thing. I, I just need that nick that. I need
0: the nick nurse swag. I don't need the hair.
1: That's true get yourself a guitar man Does, it just
0: well a guitar grow my hair though is that Probably is that not. how it works you just like strike know. a chord and then all of a sudden boom you got a fro going on
1: i'll have to i have to talk to some scientists that i know but i don't think it works that okay. way okay yeah
0: well, <laughs> speaking of scientists nice transition um so what so what is your stance currently on the nba finishing out the rest of the season because it looks like the covid-19 pandemic is going to be lingering for a while and there's going to be like a certain degree of risk If the league starts putting games together, even if it's like insert specific locations where they bring in everyone all together. So I'm interested to hear where you land on this and if you'd even consider shutting it down entirely and maybe even starting it a new, you know, months down the road, even if into the new year.
1: I personally selfishly want it to come back just because I want to watch it. Right. Um, If they were to shut it down, I wouldn't be upset because I'd understand. And I completely I completely get it. Like um, in an ideal world, they could figure it out. But it's not that simple. Um, it's a tough situation right now, especially the way that it's uh, moving in the U.S. Like the U.S. is just—they haven't really hit much of a peak from what it seems like. And it just keeps on getting worse and worse from what you hear in the stories, what you hear in the news. Um, the numbers don't look so great in the U.S., and it's—it's it's tough to do. But um, I would—if they were to start it up, I would be happy, and I would trust that they know what they're doing. Uh, they've been constantly talking about this. I'm sure they talk about this every single day trying to figure out a way to get back into it. And it sounds like a lot of players want to get back into it. A lot of players are ready to play. If you can find a way to get them into a bubble, and I think Vegas makes a lot of sense because you can find a hotel, sanitize the hell out of it and then get guys and their families into a room. They don't got to do too much. Um let them just practice, prepare and go play out games and just strictly go straight to the playoffs. Don't worry about the regular season. Nobody cares about if the Pistons are going to win another game. Who cares? Move on from it. Uh, obviously, there's some teams that are going to get burned by that. The Blazers, the Pelicans, you're going to see situations where teams are going to complain. Uh, you got to shorten it as much as you can and kind of just get into it and go for it, right? So if they were to set it up again, I would be happy as a fan, uh, and I would trust that they know what they're doing. So my hope is that that's what they're strictly focusing on and just figure out a way to get it to work. Uh, Obviously this is a scary situation for all of us. uh, And I think one thing that I can say is one thing that'll make people happy is sports. You know, people will be ecstatic. It'd be great for their viewership. uh, So on a selfish business end for them. Uh, But uh, yeah, man, it's, it's something I think we all need in our lives right now. It's just something to distract us because this craziness is crushing us all right now.
0: So would you apply a similar mindset to the UFC, for example? Because I know you caught UFC 249 recently. And did any part of you when watching that show make you uncomfortable? Because I know a lot of restrictions have been lifted in Florida and whatnot. But even as a res- as a professional wrestling fan like myself, when I watch WWE or or AEW, There's a part of me that wonders why this is going on. And I wonder if you kind of feel that same way about mixed martial arts at the moment.
1: You know what's funny is, again, it was a similar situation where selfishly I was thinking to myself, like, I'm excited to watch these fights, but I didn't want them to happen. And I was worried about the way that it was going to be executed. But it actually surprisingly turned out to be very, very well done. Um, My big fear was mostly listening to the fights, listening to the fighters get hit. Because I've seen, I've watched a lot of fights in my lifetime and I've seen people get knocked out. And I feel like a lot of people wouldn't feel comfortable watching a guy moan and groan after being knocked unconscious, but it didn't happen. So that was one win, I guess. But, um, yeah, the way they've handled it, they've had, they had an event last Saturday, they had an event, uh, on Wednesday and they actually have an event going on as we speak. There is, there are fights going on right now. Um, and honestly, they've they've done a good job in the way they've handled it, and they've tested every single guy. Um, Jacare Souza, who is a former, a former uh, title contender, he's one of the better middleweights in the world. Uh, he actually tested positive for COVID uh, during, and he was supposed to fight that night, and uh, they caught they caught the test results the day before, and uh, they handled it pretty well. He had informed them that he had a family member that had COVID and he was he, he didn't know if he had it. He felt like he was fine. Uh, so they had given him gloves and a mask and they didn't let him go near anybody. Uh, so he wasn't shaking anybody's hand or contacting with uh, making contact with anybody. So it didn't end up spreading. Uh, as soon as they found out that he had it, they sent him back to the hotel. They got him ready and got him out of there. So he was taken care of. They handled it pretty well, but that was the fear, right? Like what if somebody has it? What if he makes contact with somebody? We don't know. Um, The tough thing about the NBA is you're looking to test what, like probably a couple thousand people, right? If if we're probably even more than that. Sure. Along those lines. Yeah. Yeah. Like we're, we're talking about coaches, trainers, essentially um, every player, right? Like a lot of people that I got to get tested. So, It won't be easy to do, but if you're going to do it, their model, like UFC's model worked to a certain extent, right? Like the the event itself went really, really well. And um, you can look at that. You can communicate with the UFC and hope you can get some pointers, you know, because that was their first event and they're only going to get better from here moving forward. Right. So you got to hope that other leagues are trying to figure it out the same way.
0: Well, well, Will, again, thank you so much for coming on. You're an absolute gem for doing this. First, I've wanted to do this with you for so long, and I'm finally glad that we've been able to make the time for this. Before I let you go, I would just like to shoot some rapid-fire questions at you see where your mind is. Might even play some epic music in the background. of all pound for pound right now who is the greatest mixed martial artist on the planet
1: right now oh man um for your money for my money john jones if i'm talking about active fighters man that's a tough question it has to be john jones right now um john jones or khabib are probably the the safe bets Man, that's a tough question, though.
0: <laughs> well, that's what I'm here for. I throw yeah. the hard balls at yeah, you. Yeah, you
1: have to. It's just, it's, it's hard. I don't, I don't like pitting guys in different divisions the same way. I don't like pitting guys in different positions in basketball, right? So it's hard to go with a pound for pound list. If, if I had to say anybody, I, I'd probably actually say Khabib. Undefeated, you know, and being at a lighter weight class. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll roll with Khabib for now.
0: Okay, I'll throw an easier one at you now. What's been your go-to binge watch during this pandemic? Oh, man. Um,
1: I am a Friends guy. So <laughs> anytime, oh, I have, yeah, anytime I have a lull in life, I will throw on Friends. It is Friends is my favorite show of all time. That and Breaking Bad. So... <laughs> Well, I, I learned
0: something it. every day, and now I regret yeah, asking yeah. that question.
1: Yeah, I'm sorry. And I know a lot of people hate it. I don't know why. It's freaking awesome, so I'm sorry, but it's it's the best. Oh, well, <laughs> now I have to ask, who's your favorite of the six? Here is an answer that's going to make a lot of people angry. It is Ross Geller.
0: Man, I'm angry <laughs> that you said friends to begin with, so you could have said anybody, and I would have just been <laughs> numb to it at that point. Ross Geller. Okay, quick
1: answer. Why is it Ross? He is... Consistently, the funniest guy in the series. If you're watching from the golden era of that series, from let's say start of season three all the way to the end, man, Ross is consistently hilarious.
0: Well, I'm Team Phoebe for the limited friends episodes that I've i
1: I love Phoebe. Phoebe's my number two, if that helps.
0: What she's the one who sings Smelly Cat, right? Is that yes? Her that's thing? the one. Okay, Phoebe's then she's gonna, my number one. Go yep. Phoebe. <laughs> uh, okay, next is John Chick at RoofThatPeach on
1: on Twitter. Is John Chick the coolest man you've ever met? Um, that's a tough question because you said the coolest man, and I, I just I don't think that's fair, cause he's the cute he's the coolest human being I've ever met. Personally.
0: That's the right answer. So no-
1: nobody gets better than John, Ch- uh, John Chick, alright? John Chick is a freaking legend, and I know he's gonna listen to this and I know he's gonna be happy that I said that, because it's the damn truth.
0: I'm just gonna ask that question during all my rapid fires for you anyone. To, it doesn't even matter to. if they know who John Chick yeah, is. They I'm just will gonna answer ask the same
1: it. way. He's too cool for everybody.
0: Will, what is the greatest jersey in Miami Heat history?
1: Ooh. Um, the Black Vice.
0: Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to... The Black yeah. Vice with, like, the blue and the pink neon? Yeah,
1: the Black Vice. It has to be.
0: That's that's it, absolutely yeah. it. That's a top, beaut.
1: Quick top three. Black Vice, number one. Um, Ninety, The 90s uh, Reds, number two. And the, uh, the Blue Vice, number three. That's my personal top three solid choices do you own any of them i own the blue vice bam uh and i own actually the white 90s alonzo warning jersey and i own a white vice as well for Dwayne wade
0: i ask this because i brought it to the office on a daily basis and i got reamed out for it constantly will
1: are iced caps from tim horton's trash it is the single greatest caffeinated drink i've ever had in my life oh i
0: love you yeah <laughs> I have one here with me right now by the I way I know
1: you do trust me you didn't have to tell me that I knew you did it was so recommended
0: to me by my girlfriend yeah. because I got very little sleep last night we we just got a kitten <laughs> so I was up like every couple of hours just making sure he was still alive it's like hey, having a child and uh, to, to get I mean not to say I needed to stay awake to talk to you I'm always like at 110 yep, percent but you know what you. It, it doesn't hurt to have an ice cap next to me you know oh, even babe, during no, a pandemic awesome. I gotta get my fix
1: Hey, ice caps and cats are the two greatest things on earth. I'll tell you that right now. Can't argue with that. Third third greatest thing, John Chick.
0: Oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> third, third
1: greatest, John Chick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so
0: it's what well, you've already mentioned before. Dwayne Wade is the greatest Miami Heat player of all time. I think I might know who your second greatest pick would be. Is it Alonzo Mourning? It would have to be.
1: Um, it's tough. It would either be him or LeBron. Uh, but you got to go with Alonzo Mourning. He's the culture setter. Right? Without Alonzo Mourning, there's no culture. Without Alonzo Mourning, Pat Riley doesn't have the reputation in Miami that he has. Right, He built it in New York, but he expanded it in Miami. So, it has and, to be Alonzo Mourning.
0: And lastly, my friend, if we see an end to this current season, who's in the NBA Finals? Who wins it all? Who's the Finals MVP? Um,
1: oof. I am going to go ahead and say I'm going to throw a curveball here. This is going to be disliked, I'm sure. Uh, the Lakers beat Philly.
0: Philadelphia? Are, yeah. are people in Philadelphia even picking them to make the finals? They are right not. Now?
1: They are not. Okay. I know that's crazy. I know.
0: I'm, no, no love <laughs> I'm, for Toronto. How, how far does Toronto get at that point?
1: Second round? Second round?
0: Yeah. Okay, so who wins the finals then? You have Philadelphia and well, it was the Lakers?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, LeBron. LeBron gets Finals MVP. Lakers win. That's trust me. That's a tough pick. It's, I'm basing it on. I'm giving these teams some months to get healthy, and all of a sudden you're gonna have Joel Embiid guaranteed 100%. I'm just gonna trust that they're gonna figure it out because they shocked everybody in the playoffs last year by almost getting <laughs> that far. I just think their size is super intimidating, and if they have to roll up against a team like uh, a team like uh, Milwaukee. They're going to be able to stifle them, and I've I've been watching Philadelphia all season, and they've looked like complete garbage. But it's just I'm going. I like the crazy picks, man. I'm going for it.
0: Would Would that pick have changed if the if the season wasn't like stopped because of the pandemic? Would you still have been confident in saying it's the Lakers and the Sixers if there's no stoppage in play? I might have picked the
1: Bucks. I probably would have picked the Bucks.
0: Well, there you go. And again, hopefully this comes back sooner rather than later. But we oh, want yes. them to be safe. We want everyone to be healthy. But you and I, we need our basketball, man.
1: Desperately, brother. Trust me. <laughs> I think about <laughs> it every day. I drive past basketball hoots and I start to cry because I don't have one. <laughs> I don't have anywhere to put my, put they're one. all
0: taped off. Like I have oh. one that's just up the road from my place and my God, I just want to take my Raptors basketball, which I got as a, I believe a birthday present not too long ago. I just want to shoot some hoops, get some free throws up, you know, brother.
1: I desperately need it. Trust me, man. Oh,
0: it, <laughs> it, it's been hard, but will you're an absolute gem, buddy. Thanks again for coming on and chatting with me before, before we sign off here. Tell the nice people where they can find you on the web.
1: Hit me up at well hoops. For Twitter, uh, that is W-A-E-L-H-O-O-P-S. Feel free to follow me. Feel free to chat with me. I don't have very many followers, but I enjoy engaging with people and just chatting with people. So don't hesitate to hit me up.
0: Will, you're the best, man. Thanks again.
1: Always a pleasure, brother. Have a good one.
0: And that was my interview with Will Segir. Seriously, one of the best guys I know. Again, give him a follow on Twitter, at Will Hoops, Will spelt W-A-E-L. And just a reminder that this show, the Walder Sportscast, is certainly a work in progress. I'm going to be changing things up as I go once I know what's working and what's not, see what kind of formats stick. So if you have any feedback, positive or negative, please hit me up on Twitter at Walder Sports. Thank you again to my audio editor, Jason Lung at jlung20 on the Twitter sphere for all of the exceptional work that he does. He's seriously an expert at this game, so if you have any audio questions or want him to edit your show or pieces, please hit him up. Again, this has been episode three of the Walder Sportscast. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, and Spotify. Leave us a rating and review. And please, stay safe out there. And I'll talk to you
1: on the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Walder Sportscast. Hit that subscribe button on iTunes and follow Chris on both Twitter and Instagram at Walder Sports.